And joining us here for the news briefing is Seo m i s o r a n g Good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. Well, I think it is safe to say, and most people feel, we do live in a, a very polarized time. And one of the symbols of that political polarization has always been this almost annual rite of passage for the rival parties to not agree on a budget. And mm-hmm. inevitably, uh, the budget fails to be agreed upon and passed uh, before the deadline. And you have to have some kind of scrambling to make something uh, occur uh, a little bit after that deadline day. This time around, and interestingly, um, among all the other things to bicker about, at least with the budget, uh, there does seem to be some bipartisan consensus. And maybe it is uh, in light of the fact that we are in a crisis and uh, in the middle of a pandemic. The two rival parties have indeed agreed upon a 558 trillion won budget for next year. That's right. So it could be the times, you know, we're in a crisis, so the parties are deciding to agree on this thing. The budget could be passed later today at 2 p.m. during the plenary session, in which case it would be the first time in six years for the budget to be passed on time. The final budget includes a net 2.2 trillion won bump. This is also another first in a long time, the first in 11 years that the budget is actually higher than the initial government proposal. So in total, the budget is 558 trillion won. The ruling Democratic Party and the main opposition, People Power Party, said yesterday that they agreed to cut the budget plan by 5.3 trillion won before adding new expenditures totaling 7.5 trillion won. So this additional 2.2 trillion won will be supplemented through government bond issues, although a detailed plan has not been determined yet. The two parties agreed to cut some of Moon Jae-in administration's New Deal budget, the K-New Deal budget, and allocate 3 trillion won for the third round of COVID-19 relief package and 900 billion won in addition to the 300 billion won existing hmm. to support COVID-19 vaccine development. Now, the supplementary budget will most likely be means-tested and the additional 900 billion won for a national vaccine program, that will allow for 70% or 44 million people to get vaccinated. Right, so a lot of people will uh, welcome this as good news. And as you say, um, a lot of interesting, uh, unusual factors here where the first time the budget is actually larger than the initial government proposal. The government kind of has a wish list, and then they kind of try to carve that down to what they believe to be a reasonable number. Again, a sign of the times that uh, with uh, the pandemic and the economic fallout, uh, there is a need for more stimulus. And so uh, they have been able to set aside that uh, money for some kind of relief package as well as the the vaccine uh, distribution. Uh, Although uh, I guess the uh, compromise being made here was that the uh, signature Moon Jae-in government plan with the uh, Green New Deal has been curtailed Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit. And the ruling party did go along with that uh, in order to be able to provide that uh, that relief aid. Um, Again, Very good to see that bipartisanship, and it is, we'll talk about this later, um, there are so many other issues where they're so far apart on, including Mm. prosecutorial reform, that Mm -hmm. maybe they had decided that uh, this was one issue, at least, uh, where they can show the people that there was bipartisan consensus and that the lawmakers were actually um, working to, to provide something or produce something of value. Uh, Speaking of which, um, the COVID-19 pandemic is still a a huge concern right now. There might be a false sense of uh, security or even Mm -hmm. optimism that the numbers look like they're going down. uh, But you're going to tell us uh, very shortly that that might not be the case, right? Right. So, I mean, it did fall down under 500 and the KDCA confirmed 451 more COVID-19 cases on Tuesday, yesterday, including 420 
local infections. So this raises the country's caseload to 34,652. But as for the numbers expected for today, most likely mm. exceeding 500 because uh, by 6 p.m. last night, there were already 416 cases, according to health authorities and local governments. And generally speaking, when we look at the last two days, um, Sunday's numbers reflecting Saturday's uh infections and then yesterday's numbers re- reflecting Sunday's numbers. Testing usually is um, a, a little bit less frequent, right, during the weekends? That's right. Testing is usually half during the weekends, uh-huh. apparently. So it is expected to be lower. Are you also of the mind that uh, what uh, Chung Eun Young was warning yesterday with the R0 numbers being 1.43, that unless you get that below one, we're going to yeah. be, we're probably going to be in a plateau where we might even be rising up to the 700 to 1,000 level? Yeah, yeah. So anytime the R level gets above... At the bare minimum, 1.1, you uh, are going uh. to see quite significant growth. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we do get up to 1,000 a day in the near uh, in the coming weeks if not, no significant changes right. are implemented in terms of how we conduct our daily lives. Right. And so if you're wondering why, there has been, it seems like, a very meticulous planning of what's going on with the uh, Suning exam. Mm. Um, you can imagine that uh, there are certainly concerns, not just for the students to be able to take the test in a pleasant environment, uh, pleasant enough environment, but also the (laughs) aftermath and uh, the potential uh, spread uh, after the exam takes place. All right. uh, Let's talk about uh, that issue that uh, there does not seem to be a uh, bipartisan consensus on Mm. uh, this battle between the Justice Minister Chumie and the uh, Prosecutor General Yoon Sagyal. Um, Yoon Seok-yeol has returned to work, and this was a very dramatic day with a lot of twists and turns yeah. yesterday, and mm-hmm. the breaking news kind of was pretty dizzying. So he is back at work, and he basically showed up at the office immediately after officially his suspension was lifted. Right, less than an hour after his suspension was lifted. So yesterday, this whole administrative court ruled that suspending Yoon Seok-yeol from his duty was tantamount to dismissing him, sacking him, and harmed the independence and neutrality of the prosecution. So the court granted a preliminary injunction requested by the Prosecutor General Yoon Seok-yeol over his suspension. The injunction will remain in effect until 30 days after another court decision is made. Yoon has filed a separate lawsuit against his suspension in addition to this injunction request. So what did the Justice Ministry say to this? Well, it said that it respects the administrative court's verdict, but did point out that it's limited to the provisional measure of an injunction sought by Yoon. Almost immediately after the verdict, Yoon returned to the Supreme Prosecutor's office at around 5.10pm after having been away from his office for one week. He told journalists on his return, quote, As a public servant of the country, I promise to everyone that I will do my best to protect the spirit of the Constitution and the rule of law. And then uh, part of the uh, drama yesterday was this inspection committee, so-called, that, um, at least according to the reporting, um, basically sided with Yoon's uh, mm-hmm. argument in this case. That's right. So the ministry's inspection committee, it advised against Yoon's suspension, citing procedural flaws. After more than three hours of debate, the committee unanimously concluded that there were serious flaws in the decision-making process because Yoon had been not been properly informed of allegations against him in advance and had not been given enough time to explain his positions on them. 
The committee said, quote, seeking disciplinary measures, suspending him from duty and launching investigations against him were not appropriate. In a short statement, the ministry refuted the committee's findings but did say that it would, quote, fully take note of the recommendation. The committee's conclusion is not legally binding but could work in Yoon's favour during the ministry's disciplinary committee meeting. So a bit of confusion because I think the way the media was reporting this, a lot of people thought that this inspection committee was actually the disciplinary committee. Oh, making right. the, and mm-hmm. so was, oh, wow, he's exonerated. These guys are not actually on uh, Chumia's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, this inspection committee is a completely separate committee. It's been kind of formulated kind of years before yeah. Chumia took office. And um, it's largely comprised of, if you look at the political leanings, of people who are sort of on the uh, Yoon side of the aisle. So it's actually not a huge surprise that they mm-hmm. would have come up with these kind of conclusions. And it does seem like the uh, Justice Ministry already had baked in their um, recommendations. This was in the backdrop of that court uh, decision, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, was a dramatic decision. But again, that is a temporary reprieve from what ultimately the the main crux of the um, battle will be the disciplinary committee and what they decide with the allegations that have been leveled against Yoon Seok-yeol. Again, there's no kind of sure kind of expectation either way that they're mm-hmm. going to rule on it. However, that is the committee, as you say, uh, that um, will actually have the mandate, not this inspection committee, to mm-hmm. determine the, the, the job security of Yoon Seok-yeol, ultimately whether he gets uh, fired or not. But that meeting did also uh, get postponed. That's right. So the disciplinary committee meeting, that was originally slated for today, but Yoon requested yesterday afternoon that it be postponed because he and his team didn't have enough time to prepare for his case. Yoon also asked to call in three witnesses to explain parts of the allegations against him. The Justice Ministry, soon after Yoon's uh, request, announced that it will postpone the disciplinary panel session to Friday to protect Yoon's right to defence. Now, adding to all of this, Vice Justice Minister Ko Gyeong, he offered to resign yesterday immediately following this uh, whole administrative court's decision. This is thought to be an apparent protest against the scheduled disciplinary meeting and the ministry plans to accept Ko's resignation. So a lot of this, again, seems to be uh, baked into the uh, Justice Ministry's calculation. So with the inspection committee, when they took Yoon's side and said that uh, there were um, kind of uh, procedural flaws with mm-hmm. the investigation, uh, the the essential attitude was uh, basically, um, okay, okay, buddy, right? Uh, we, we, we see what your findings are, <laughs> but we're going to wait till the uh, disciplinary uh, meeting and what their results are. The vice minister minister uh, resigning, that again was a, a huge kind of like breaking news yeah. event, and the media was really, really covering that in-depth uh, speculation that, oh, is this going to actually endanger the, uh, the disciplinary committee's mm-hmm. ability to actually come up with their findings? Uh, later, there's been some reporting analysis that uh, Kong Kyung, the vice justice minister, uh, is also a former prosecutor mm-hmm. and is uh, somebody who's in the same class as the Law Institute of, of uh, Yoon Seok-yeol. And so they, they are people that know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is uh, being kind of interpreted that 
as a former prosecutor, he would not want to go down in history as the guy that so-called kind of backstabbed. Sold his soul. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. backstabbed uh, Yoon Mm -hmm. Sung-yeol. And so he's leaving because, and then again, this is from the the pro-reform side. What they see that as a sign of optimism is that he also reads that the disciplinary committee is going to come up with a finding that is going to be detrimental to to Yoon's uh, future career as a prosecutor general. However, he does have a potential future political career, and he certainly has been engaging in what could be deemed to be politics as he returned to work. He mentioned, you mentioned the statement he gave to the reporters. He also sent out an email to, to prosecutors all across the country. That's right. So part of it reads, quote, let's try to become the nation's prosecution by upholding constitutional values and political neutrality and by conducting criminal law in uh, conducting fair criminal law enforcement. Yun added, quote, I would steadfastly support your righteous passion. I think the key there is political neutrality. Yeah. That he chose to add that in the email. Right. And so he is going to be continuing to, I think, echo that theme of all I'm doing is trying to call balls and strikes Mm. and look at the bad guys and try to prosecute them and investigate them. I have nothing to do with, you know, favoring one political side over the other. Uh, It's not being read that way, of course, uh, by... Um, both supporters or opponents of prosecutorial reform. And in, if you look at the political party's reaction of all of this, uh, certainly that is a polarized reaction. Right. So if we have a look at the political party responses, spokespersons for DP were quick to highlight that the decision didn't mean that Yoon is not guilty of the allegations leveled against him and that it was just a way of saying look, this period of you being excluded from your job, it could drag out. So return to your post and do other work in the meantime. Meanwhile, opposition parties, including the PPP, welcomed the court's decision, saying it was aligned with justice and common sense. PPP's Chu Ho-yong said Minister Chu Mie's plan to destroy Yoon Seok-yeol has been put on hold by the court and called for President Moon Jae-in to dismiss Chu Mie and also for the President and Prime Minister Chong Se-gyun to apologize to the public for letting the issue get to this point. So there's, it was a day of really breath, breathless uh, reporting and, and, and a lot of speculative uh, so-called scoops being made, including the one about how the President called a meeting with uh, Justice Minister Chu, mm-hmm. so did Prime Minister uh, Chung Dae-yoon, and uh, that uh, they were going to ask uh, Chu Mie to resign and try to sweeten the deal by having it to be a, a simultaneous resignation with both Yoon seok yeol and uh, Chu Mie mm-hmm. stepping down at the same time. That turned out to be false reporting, and the Justice uh, Ministry uh, quickly came out saying that uh, Chu Mie had no intention to uh, resign at all. And so, at bottom line, a lot of what happened yesterday was uh, dramatic and uh, certainly... Uh, I guess uh, pretty salacious if you really are following this uh, closely and you're po- you're sort of polarized on the issue. But again, uh, the the main thing is that that disciplinary committee meeting uh, hearing has been delayed by one day, and we're going to find out on Friday ultimately uh, what is going to be the fate of uh, Yoon Sagyo. So we'll wait until then. Uh, let's talk about our next issue here. The okay. uh, ruling party again. This has become contentious, uh, especially with certain members of the opposition party. They are set on passing a special law uh, to start building out this uh, airport on Kadok Island early next year. That's right. So the ruling party, they have set an internal policy to handle the special act during the extraordinary session of the National Assembly in February of next year. 
the party's task force on a new airport in the southeastern region. They held a meeting yesterday morning and discussed the timing of the special act. According to party spokesperson Choi In-ho, the party will hold a public hearing in December. And since the National Assembly doesn't convene in January, the party will have the special act passed the extraordinary session slated for February. According to the newly proposed bill, the estimated budget of around 10 trillion won will be sourced from government funds and the new airport will be exempt from a preliminary feasibility study to examine its economics. Busan-based members of the PPP proposed their own version of the special act on Busan Kadok New Airport. It has almost the same clauses as the ruling party special law, including that exemption from a preliminary feasibility study. Yeah, so uh, not a lot of disagreement here. If mm-hmm. you're from, basically, if you're from the Busan um, South Gyeongsang region, you're pretty much on board with the uh, the Kadok Island project, even if you are a conservative uh, member of the opposition. The problem is with the uh, North Gyeongsang, uh, the TK opposition mm-hmm. politicians who are uh, quite angry about this, and I guess overall opposition uh, party supporters who feel this is a political ploy, and they'll probably even feel this more so if you look at the timing of this. The uh, National Assembly in February decided to maybe put a big show of passing this huge mm-hmm. um, legislation, uh, talking about it, the rollout of that. And then what happens in the next couple of months? There's a big by-election yeah. and the Pusan mayoral race all time to maybe benefit the ruling party. That That's the uh, suspicion on the other side. Uh, that is going to continue to be a debate, but really more importantly, a debate internally within the opposition of how to approach this. Because again, the, uh, the PK politicians are, are certainly on board with it. Uh, They're talking about the economic benefits of that project. We wouldn't see that until maybe a few years down the road. But Mm -hmm. as it stands right now, Mizorang, the uh, economy is not doing well. The OECD projects uh, the economy here in Korea to contract by 1.1%. That in other times would be devastating news, um, talk of a recession. However, it's one of those, uh, if you have to look at a glass half full or glass half empty. Uh, it is definitely half full, um, especially if you compare it to other mm-hmm. uh, comparative nations. So the OECD projection of minus 1.1% growth for this year, it is steeper than the OECD's September forecast of just a 1% contraction. But this whole, uh, but the Paris-based club of major economies, they did project positive growth for Korea in the following years, 2.8% for next year and 3.7% for 2022. Now, despite this downward revision of 1.1%, this is actually the smallest margin of contraction this year among all the 37 OECD member states, Hmm. and is mainly due to the country's efforts to curb the spread of the new coronavirus. The OECD said, quote, South Korea's effective measures to contain the spread of COVID-19 have limited the estimated fall in gross domestic product to just over 1% in 2020, the smallest decline in the OECD. So this group's growth forecast is the same as Bank of Korea's projection. Last week, Korea's central bank revised up its 2020 growth projection from minus 1.3% to minus 1.1%. The IMF, though, they have a more pessimistic outlook and they have put out a forecast of minus 1.9%. Among the OECD member states, Korea is just one of five countries expected to see their economic growth return to pre-pandemic levels next year. The other four states are Norway, Turkey, Lithuania and Sweden. 
Good news for South Korea. And also for a final story, good news for North Korea, I suppose. The, the UN has decided to speed up sanction exemptions uh, to provide humanitarian aid. That's right. On Monday, the UN North Korea Sanctions Committee revised its, quote, Implementation Assistance Notice Number 7. Now, this allows for easier application and a more swift review process for sanction exemptions on urgent humanitarian programs. So more specifically, the exemption period, it will be extended from the current six months to nine months, and aid packages will be allowed to be delivered across three shipments. In addition, organizations that have been exempted from sanctions more than twice in the last 18 months, they can apply for exemption directly without having to go through their state government or the United Nations resident coordinator. Yeah, and we'll talk about this later during our North Korea segment, but uh, the unification ministry here has had a bit of a difficult time uh, in order to, or in their efforts to try to provide humanitarian aid, Mm -hmm. which has uh, flatly been rejected. Most attribute that to their concerns over COVID-19 and uh, certain other issues, which we'll talk about. But uh, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, Mi Sarang, as always, thank you very much for the wonderful reporting, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for having me.